It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday. So you know that that means we are bringing you this week in Bachelor Nation. We got some screams that we're going to issue forth. We have a scream from our Discord, which you can access on patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You just go into that Discord channel, issue forth your scream, and we might play it in our Screams from the Pit. The one we have today is a doozy, to be sure. And we're also going to tell you all those parasocial plays. We're going to go through all the gains. We're going to go through all those tids in Bachelor Nation news. And before we get to any of that, of course, we have to tell you that How to Win the Bachelor is currently <laughs> available for pre-order. This is a book that we have spent two years of our lives on. We have delved deep into the Bachelor, deeper than we ever <laughs> thought possible. And the fruits of that labor are in this book, How to Win the Bachelor. If you go pick it up right now for pre-sale, you can enter a contest. You go to howtowinthebachelor.com, upload your pre-order receipt, and you will be in the running to win some of these prizes. 15 people are going to get autographed copies of the book, autographed by Pace Case and I, to be very clear. Five people are going to get autographed copies of the book and a private Zoom with Pace Case and myself. Three people are going to get autographed copy of the book, that Zoom with Pace Case and myself, and a contraband t-shirt that we produced en masse, but did not sell. And no one knows what this is except us and the three people who are going to get it. And then one lucky winner is going to get the autographed copy of the book, the Zoom with Pace Case and myself, the contraband t-shirt, and a very special prize that, to my knowledge, exists in only one version of itself. And we are going to make another version of it and someone else will also have it. So let that mean what it means to you. But I think whoever gets it is going to really enjoy it. And so in order to try and get any of these prizes, you have to pre-order the book, then go to howtowinthebachelor.com, upload that receipt, and you will be in the running for it. Contest number two is we have a goal for the entire pit. We have a goal of reaching 10,000 pre-orders of the book. And at various stages, we have different prizes. At 25%, Clues is going to release the world release of the song, Bottom of the Pit. At 50%, we're going to do an IG Live from the Shadow of the Mansion. At 75%, we are going to do a Huju competition. And at 100%, there is a mystery prize. And these are prizes that are benefiting the whole pit. Um, so help us along with those with those goals if you have the means. Except the Huju competition. That is not benefiting the whole pit. That is actually detrimental to me. <laughs> it is benefiting everyone else but me. <laughs> I, I can't believe how much you're loading this IFI. Clues is gonna Clues is gonna fake an injury fear or illness play during the Huju competition. He keeps saying it. I'm not gonna fake anything. You're an athlete. You run down Wilshire Boulevard. Jogging is very different from Huju. Huju is like a fucking Olympic sport. I'm going to try my hardest. And if I get injured, so be it. That's part of this. That's part of the sacrifice I'm willing to make to the pit. It's a jog and one jump. Yeah. That's more jumping than I do ever at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any cardio. So I'm at a disadvantage, I would say, in the running portion. No, it's not like you're fucking running a marathon. It's a, kind of a sprint. It's a quick jog at, at 
most. And then you have to do the jump. The jumping and the clinging and all that is where the injury is going to come in. Whatever. I, I just, I like that you're trying to hedge it already. We're, we're not even close to the 75%. I'm not trying to hedge shit. I'm going all out. I'm going to win this fucking competition. That you can be assured mm-hmm. of. And everyone in the pit will judge the competition, by the way. we When we do this contest, this Huju off, we will make videos of the Hujus. We will put those Hujus videos on our Instagrams and you can get voting mm-hmm. on them and we will have a definitive winner of this Huju contest. But only if we get to 75% of our goal, we are right now at about 10% where it stands. So we have a little ways to go. This contest will conclude sometime in December. But we thank you all for participating in both of these contests. And we look forward to, I guess, we don't look forward to the Uju contest. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do. I think it's going to be fun. I think it will be fun, even if I injure. And by the way, if you do buy multiple copies of the book, ideally you put those on different receipts. If you haven't, it's okay. Our marketing department can sort those out, but that will help with your entering the the contest. And now that we... Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. 
Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Have all of our business out of the way. It is time to begin this week in Bachelor Nation as we begin all this week's Inns Bachelors Nations. This is a segment where we talk about some wider piece of news that is happening out there in the world that is seemingly unrelated to our beloved game. And then we tell you exactly how it is directly related to our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. This week, the Wall Street Journal published a groundbreaking expose on the biggest social media company in the world, Facebook. The report revealed an array of damning information uncovered in internal documents that were exposed by a whistleblower from within Facebook. The big takeaways were Facebook has purposely designed a double standard into its procedural systems that allows about 5.8 million users to claim VIP status that exempts them from the regular enforcement process where official terms of use are concerned. These high-profile users generate high volumes of traffic and engagement and therefore return huge sums of money to Facebook, who recognizes that hindering their engagement would ultimately cost them money. Instagram's own internal research exposed their overt knowledge that their product increases risks to teenage users' mental health. One slide in an internal presentation read, in quotes, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. The company is 100% aware that its algorithm rewards outrage, sensational and divisive content drives the highest level of engagement and therefore delivers the most profit to the company. And the last big takeaway from this expose was that internal documents have shown that employees had flagged criminal use of the platform in some countries, but were met with a weak response from the company itself. So these four big bad things are what was revealed in this expose. Many people are likening this to when Big Tobacco was exposed for knowing that they were making an intentionally addictive product that had massive, massive implications on people's health. And ultimately, with Facebook, further documents cited that young teen girls openly told Facebook they felt worse about their bodies after scrolling through the site. But despite that information, Facebook is still actively pursuing a younger and younger user base. And they are in active development of a product aimed directly at children that they are internally calling Instagram youth. (laughs) Over three dozen state attorneys general have urged Mark Zuckerberg to scuttle the project, but so far there has been no indication that Facebook will prioritize the mental health of the next generation over the potential profit associated with early indoctrination. This is also very similar to the big tobacco findings, which is that the younger they can get people in, they'll have lifetime users. Absolutely. And I know that this raises the alarms for a lot of people thinking that social media is inherently bad or evil. I would argue that despite all these things we've just learned, it's not social media that is bad, it's money. Social media at its face, I don't think is bad. If you look back into the early days of it, like MySpace and shit, Friendster, (laughs) none of this was happening because it wasn't really monetized in the same way. Now, this is literally the biggest business on planet Earth hundreds of billions of dollars are generated and they'd have to hook users young. They have to get our eyes on those screens as constantly as possible. And they are understanding that outrage is what drives 
huge engagement. They're understanding that giving people poor mental health as a result of using the product, as long as it hooks them on the product, they will keep doing that because it's making them money. If the financial incentive wasn't there, I don't think this shit would be happening. I feel like even without the financial incentive, let's say you don't get access to giant million Instagram plus accounts, you're just following your friends. I think there is something inherent in the social media aspect that is negative because you have this comparison game because people are still going to Photoshop their pictures even if they're not making money. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we're just at a point where, and I've talked about this multiple times, like we are simply uploading piecemeal into the internet at this point. We're spending more and more time on social media. And when you see Mm -hmm. like TikTok comes out, the way that algorithm works, it makes Instagram look like MySpace for for a direct comparison, you know? Each successive iteration of whatever the biggest platform is, is more and more addictive. And I think it's because of largely the money, because we all are looking at a screen 16 hours a day, basically, some screen, your computer, your phone, your TV, and all the companies that make things to go on those screens or make platforms for people to make things to go on those screens, they're only interested in getting your attention on their version of the screen as much as they can. That's how they make the most money. And so it's a matter of, in this case, if Facebook can hook a fucking child on Instagram at age whatever, then they're much more likely to continue using that platform through adulthood because they'll already know how to use it. It will be ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, I think that the idea of social media is like the idea of money itself. There was a generation of humanity, most people think it was at some point in Mesopotamia, who was the first generation to have to deal with the idea of money. When the Mesopotamian government made it and told farmers, we own your land, we will lease it back to you in exchange for this money. And they were like, what's money? And they're like, oh, it's this fucking shit we made up that's going to control your life. And so there were a few generations that were like, I don't know. I can only assume. Obviously, there's no like historical record of this that I'm aware of. You're like, this is what's going to make it easier in order to trade goats for whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What is an I can't even think of it. Eggs? Yeah. Eggs. The old goat yeah. and egg barter system, it just wasn't working and they had to get some money in there. Yeah, I don't want to have to come up with goats for eggs and then eggs for trees or whatever. Sure. <laughs> is this helpful? Is this instructive? Yes, it's exactly <laughs> correct. This is That was the conversation that was had mm-hmm. 10,000 years ago or whatever. But I think that social media is very similar to that. We're seeing generations now indoctrinated into it from birth, basically, Whereas we are still of a generation where social media is still kind of new, but like a, a baby born right now, like the Ayakinetti baby, for example, that child will have no understanding of a world without social media. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm completely addicted. Like <laughs> when I go and do yoga for 20 minutes, for instance, and I'm like, I'm not going to be on my phone for 20 minutes. I usually spend time like preparing myself to be away from my phone. Well, it's crazy. You go through all your DMs and shit. You go through everything, clear it out, and you're like, okay. Yeah, just check everything, then go. (laughs) And I've brought it to the map before. Yeah. Terrible. I would say I'm pretty addicted to it as well. I don't view it as an addiction, though. I just view it as like, I'm actively pursuing my next iteration, the next version of myself, which will be purely digital. But I mean, could you take a week off? Of the phone? Yeah. Could I? Yeah. Probably. I don't want to, though. (laughs) I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You're like, in theory, yeah, I could. 
that really, I mean, honestly, that's one of the craziest things about our beloved game. We haven't even started talking about how this affects our beloved game yet, but I know this one thing that we are talking about right now, can you go a week without your phone? If you're a player, you have to go potentially two fucking months without your phone. Mm -hmm. And these players are all going in it for Instagram followers. They're all influencers or attempting to be. And so those are people who are, I would argue, even more in quotes addicted or at least more dependent on that as a form of commerce than you and I are. And they have to go for two fucking months without it, like cold fucking turkey. Yeah. There's just a day where the producers come to you and they're like, give us your fucking phone. And you don't get it back until you leave. That's why we're seeing all the self-elimination. <laughs> it could be. I mean, shit. The amount of times I just like touch my phone or know it's weight in my pocket or whatever, you know, I, I don't know how many that is per day. Hundreds, obviously. To not have it on your person, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that would be like. You feel naked. Yes, Totally. But beyond that, beyond our players having to go into the game for two months potentially without a cell phone, how does this idea affect our beloved game? Well, it obviously affects directly all the players because Facebook owns Instagram. They literally are workers Mm -hmm. for Instagram, basically, for Facebook when they come out of our beloved game. So the idea that Facebook makes money off of them as they're making money off SpawnCon and driving engagement is pretty fascinating because as much as we can hear these articles and be like, Facebook is an evil corporate entity and I can't believe they're doing this to these kids, but you're still going to look at every Bachelor Players Instagram account. You're still going to be on the platform and that ultimately is all that matters to them. Yeah, I've been slowly trying to warm myself up to the idea of deleting my Facebook, but it's like, ah, it has all the birthdays and it has my Vanderpump Rules podcast group (laughs) and... I have to use it to sign up for all this other crap. (laughs) And it's Instagram. Even if you delete your Facebook account, Instagram is Facebook. It's the same company. Yeah, but I definitely use Instagram way more. I I know, but I'm just saying there's no escaping (laughs) Facebook. They're the most dominant social media company in the world. Right, right. Even if you get rid of one piece of what you use from them, you're still using one of their other products constantly. I shouldn't even bother. There's no point. There's absolutely no point. I I firmly believe that. But ultimately, there is this idea, which was also in this article, that Facebook understands toxicity is what drives engagement when people are like Mm -hmm. super outraged. That's what gets the most clicks, the most views, the most likes, whatever. And I think that idea is also very present in our beloved game. Producers are actively trying to make these moments that will drive outrage because it makes people on Instagram, fans within the nation, the fourth audience, it makes us all comment more, interact more, higher engagement, which potentially results in higher ratings. They're working on a similar kind of system that Facebook is to make people mad, to enrage us, because that's what gets us to engage with the show. I mean, we had some of the highest level of engagement for parasocial plays last week were because it was various people responding to the Brendan and Piper controversy. I keep seeing in my like click on this reels it's all people like making fun of brendan's apology video like that has become its own meme in itself yeah we're not seeing huge levels of engagement based on you know shipping gsj and serena p for instance yeah or riley and marissa any of the successful couples that's not what gets engagement and if you even look at like the the episode of clickbait that we did a digging deeper on on Patreon last week. That entire episode of Clickbait was basically three people who were just flatly outraged at the behavior of Brennan Marias and Piper James. It was Mm -hmm. an hour of people just being outraged. And it was the number one episode that week in TV and film. And they had the number one show that week. 
by delivering an hour of collective outrage. I'm going to practice more outrage. (laughs) I think we do a pretty good job. I'm not saying we're exempt from any of this. And that's the nature of being complicit. I'm addicted to all these products, Mm -hmm. just as this article is claiming like all these people are addicted. I'm sure it has some negative effect on my mental health. I like to think that I'm like more objective about it and see it as a piece of where we're headed as a species and all this, but like that's bullshit. I'm just fucking lying to myself. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, I know that. And I'm not gonna stop using it. I know that as well. And that's a, a part of like being complicit in Bachelor Nation, knowing how the company is making money off of people's misery. The same is true here. We're complicit in social media as well. If we all stopped using it, it wouldn't exist. That's never going to happen. Well, I can't wait to get my kids on. Instagram youth. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's fucking crazy. Like, what is that even going to be? I don't know. It'll be Alessi Lyondike will rule the roost. God, I know. The Lyondike kids probably would dominate. I mean, are you even going to have numbers on it? Like, I mean, that was part of the the study. One of the studies that came out was basically saying that they they had attempted, because they're very easily able to, like, experiment with their algorithm and see the results in real time on on these things because they have such a large user base. And I guess the removing the likes was an attempt to try to curb some of this. And I guess they're not seeing that that's helping. Yeah. I was fascinated by the thing that they said there are the 5 million MVPs or VIPs basically that are like exempt from the user guidelines. And I think when you're looking at somebody like Donald Trump, that dude probably generated more money for them than anyone ever has on planet Earth. Yeah. And I bet their decision to be like, fuck, we have to ban him now because Twitter did it. That was probably one of the worst days in Facebook corporate that has ever existed because that guy made them (gasps) just money hand over fist constantly. Yeah. And it's also, you know, there's like whatever, 12 people who are doing most of the vaccine misinformation. And I think a lot of them are on these lists of made men and women. Yeah. Exactly. But that is our state of the world. Thank you for indulging. And we hope that, you know, maybe everybody takes a little bit of a second look at their relationships with social media and if they're beneficial, if they're maybe not beneficial. And then you get to decide what you're going to do about that. For me, I know it's not beneficial and I'm not doing anything. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to ramp it up. All this talk about Facebook has me antsy. I need to get back on it. At any rate, we're going to move on now to the second segment of This Week in Bachelor Nation, where we talk about all the Instagram growth of the people. <laughs> who are our game. You're welcome, Instagram. It's like we can't get away from it. <laughs> we can't. Do it. Here's a big ad. <laughs> oh shit! This is this week in games with the Brendan and Piper drama having been eliminated from the document. The nation was left wondering if the progressing romantic relationships between star players would be enough to hold a network audience's attention. Unfortunately, they were not. The show pulled in a 0.87 rating in the 18 to 49 year old demo with a total of 3.18 million views. Those numbers were down 10 and 1% from last week, respectively. The game also lost Tuesday night to NBC's The Voice, which drew a 1.1 in the demo with 7 million viewers. Numbers like these only serve to reinforce the producer's Machiavellian attempts to stir up drama because, as we know, money is what keeps the show going. Ratings make money, and it seems that villain edits and confrontations are what get those ratings. Now let's move on to the top five gains chart for this star-studded season of BIP. Here are the top five Instagram gains for the players of Bachelor in Paradise Season 7. 
since Twibin last week. The gold medal in gains goes to Second Sand and Clickbait host Grocery Store Joe, aka GSJ. He gained 23,000 Instagram followers, bringing him to 811K total for his STCO for Kendall Long and his continued 4TRR chemistry play with Serena P. Will GSJ crack a million by the end of Paradise? I think so. I think he's going to get an engagement, and I think that's going to put him over. Or a heartbreak. I think it's going to be an engagement. I think you're right. They're not even laying in like an attempt to make that relationship seem like it could fail at this point. I don't think he's going to hit a million, though. We're at 811K. He only gained 23K this week. He got 125K one week, though. I forget which week that was. Yeah. It, it might have been when he went after Conrad and Alana Milne. Yeah, maybe if he's the star of one of these upcoming episodes, but there's only two episodes left. So he needs... I know. What is that? 190K over two weeks? Let's see him pull it out. He's also got the power of a podcast behind him. We're going to see. But the silver medal in gains this week goes to 11th Sand and professional rivalman Aaron Clancy. He gained 21,000 new followers, bringing him to 156K total for his modeling mini date with Chelsea Vaughn, his continued colorful narration, and his hint at upcoming violence in his new rivalry with Ivan Hall. The bronze medal in gains goes to fourth sand Serena Pitt. She gained 17K followers, bringing her to 267K total for her continued 4TRR chemistry play with clickbait host GSJ. Fourth place goes to 7th Sand clickbait host Natasha Parker. She gained 13,000 new followers for her painting and kiss play on her double date with Ed Wastebrot, bringing her to 466K total. And fifth place in gains goes to someone who hasn't made our gains chart yet. 20th Sand and Aaron's right-hand man, James Bonsall. He gained 12K this week for his repeated 4TWR accusations, egging Aaron on to fight Ivan, and his streetlight painting play for his soulmate, Tia Booth. While he may have put Tia's vagina to sleep, he is not sleeping on those gains. hi oh. Nice one. <laughs> Honorable mention this week goes to 17th Sand and Pace Cases MVP, Marissa Gunn. She gained 10.4 thousand followers this week, bringing her to 83.1K total for her play of the game, LL3, her loaded PTC, her STCO, and coaxing out Riley's PTC and Love Level 3. And the biggest loss in gains once again goes to 6th Sand and Villain Edit recipient, Brendan Marias. He lost 5K for his Echo Bump 4TWR self-elimination, bringing him to 241K total. He's still hemorrhaging followers, although not at the same rate as the last couple of weeks. And now let's discuss the big chart, the top five for September 23rd, 2021, as we record this. This chart has remained unchanged for the duration of the season until this week. Just kidding. It is still completely unchanged, <laughs> despite everything that has gone on. In the top spot, we still got the demigod herself, Demi Burnett. She is in the lead with 1.22 million Instagram followers, exactly the same that she came in with. Number two, the first Tropical Royale, Becca Kufrin, has 1.209 million Instagram followers, only gained 3K this week. And Tia Booth has 1.142 million followers. She gained 7K this week for her love triangle. We dip out of the Million Club for fourth place as GSJ has 811K followers. 
First male sand and the protector of the process has gained 203K on sand. And rounding out the top five is GSJ's ex-Paradise girlfriend, Kendall Long, at 617,000. She only gained 4,000 this week for her self-elimination exit bump. This is pretty fascinating to me that the top five Mm -hmm. have literally not changed all season. It's the same people in the same order. And granted, three of them are in the Million Club. They were so far ahead of anybody else on sand that maybe that's conceivable they would be in that position. But the fact that not even they have changed places, and some of them are close, like Becca Kufrin and Demigod, they're within 10,000 or so of each other. I mean, maybe if they put Koof in the document, she would change. Yeah. Nonetheless, we are seeing a bunch of gains. There are a bunch of players who hit 100K this week. That's fantastic. That puts them in a new bracket for SpawnCon. But we're going to keep an eye on this and see if there are going to be any final changes to the top five chart in the last two weeks. I kind of don't think there's going to be. Maybe, I don't know, maybe versus Drew. I don't know. I don't think this is going to change. Yeah, I'm curious. Sometimes we see huge gains at the end of the season, but none of these are anywhere close to the gains that we were seeing in the paradises of lore. Your. No, I know. I This is definitely not like it was even a couple of seasons ago. And maybe things will turn around. I do think like there is a malaise on the game and its social media engagement at this point because of the mm-hmm. bubble seasons. I feel like that really took the wind out of a lot of fan sales. It certainly divided the nation straight down the middle. Maybe I don't know what the, the numbers are on who was on which uh-huh. side of all the different scandals that have happened in the last two years. But I don't know. Maybe we're going to get back to it here with Michelle Young's season. But that rounds out this week in gains. And we hope you've enjoyed all of the Instagram movements of your favorite players. Now we're going to get to that portion of our program in which we discuss all of the juiciest tids. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals 
and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News is Bachelor Season 26. The game is afoot. The players for the next season of The Bachelor have all reported for duty and are currently in the first phases of COVID quarantining and testing, with shooting of night one set for sometime next week. Although Reality Steve has posted the Instagrams of three potential players, we don't know for sure who any of them actually are. But we have heard some scuttlebutt that leads us to believe they will be kicking off this historic season back at the mansion. We still don't know what that means in terms of travel for the season, but shooting at the mansion certainly seems like the producers are making a concerted effort to return to the game as it was before the pandemic and the unfettered chaos of the bubble seasons. Whoever the incoming players are, we wish them all luck in their endeavors to boost their Instagrams, win rings, crowns, top four placements, and whatever else they might want to get out of the game. This, for me, is the time of year where I I finally kind of understand what football fans go through when it's like <laughs> the preseason and the draft and all these things leading into the main season where I'm like, oh, fuck, it's happening. Uh, 
<laughs> like, uh-huh. I know next week players are going to be playing the fucking game and we're going to have to wait until January to see what those plays are. But I don't know. I'm just a happier person when I know that The Bachelor is shooting. Oh my God. <laughs> now I know that's some deep pit shit, but what else would you expect? You're screaming, Clues. You're screaming into my face. <laughs> is that screaming? I don't know. I, I think it's valid. Look, I completely agree. I never understood, you know, various people I have dated have been into sports and they would follow the preseason things and like know all this information. And now I'm like, oh, I totally get it. I'm like, yeah, we're going back to the mansion. It's our sport. This is spring training. Speaking of players trying to get what they want out of the game, Brendan Marias is still in the news this week. Last week, Marias released a 7-minute and 14-second Instagram video entitled Paradise Apology, in which he tried his best to offer some damage control after his disastrous season of play in Paradise. While his Instagram bleed-off seems to have slowed for the time being, the video was not enough to stop Nordic Track from dropping Marias as a spokesperson for what they deemed to be inappropriate comments made about fellow player Natasha Parker. Marias had been actively doing SpawnCon for the personal fitness brand until an outraged group of followers took their complaints about his behavior in-game straight to the company and urged them to cut ties. The $7 billion corporate entity that owns the Nordic Trek brand felt the negative attention was too detrimental to their bottom line, and they terminated their business agreement with Marias. To our knowledge, the only other time we've seen something like this was when Victoria Fuller's involvement with a brand called White Lives Matter lost her a potential valuable cover of Cosmo magazine that she won on a group day challenge in Bachelor season 24. And we did hear Jason Tardick mention some stuff on his podcast, trading secrets about Hannah Brown losing some sponsorship after her inward incident on Instagram Live. But I don't know what brands those were. Hmm. Speaking of corporate entities determining the financial fate of players in our beloved game, one player has decided to fight back against her unfair exploitation. The mother of Sleucian Protocol, Hannah Ann Sluss, is getting litigious. The season 24 FIMP recipient is suing the $350 billion all-purpose company Procter & Gamble for the continued use of her image to sell laundry detergent. Sluss filed suit against Procter & Gamble, CVS Pharmacy, Target, and Walmart. The suit claims that Procter & Gamble is still using her image to sell a line of products under their Downey brand well after their license for that image has expired. Sluss maintains she licensed one of her modeling photos to be used in conjunction with a single product from October 1st, 2017 to October 1st, 2019, but P&G has continued to use the image after her public profile exponentially grew from her time in game. We hope Celeste gets the money she's owed by these corporate behemoths, and we hope this might start a trend of players suing companies who have treated them improperly. There's a bunch of companies out there who treat our players bad. I'm not going to name names, but some of them actually make the media that our players are in. <laughs> hmm. wonder who that could be. I don't know if this is going to set precedent, but... The idea that players are starting to get hip to this thing that it's like, we're being fucking exploited and this is bullshit. And these companies that are worth hundreds of fucking billions of dollars, you know, they can settle with her for a million dollars. They wouldn't even notice it. I'm sure she's not probably owed that for what they've done, but I hope she gets some money out of this. I truly do. Good luck to you, Sloss. Me too. And next up in Bachelor Nation news, this is our final piece of news this week. Michelle Young is back in the primary world. After a months-long hiatus from the only world that matters, 
while she was still shooting season 18 of The Bachelorette, Young pronounced her return to social media by posting a still image of the promo from her season with the caption, this is one class you won't want to skip. The return of players and leads alike to social media is always a celebrated day in the nation because it means their season is right around the corner. Her post received 146,000 likes, and we personally could not be more ready to watch this historic season unfold. Welcome back to the real world, Michelle, and we wish you luck as you watch yourself through a screen starting October 19th. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't either. <laughs> like last night, I woke up at probably, I don't know, it was like 2.30 or something. I no longer have clocks in my home. I just use my cell phone, so I don't ever really know what time uh -huh. it is. And I am kind of into it. It's pretty fun. But I woke up and I was like, I don't know what fucking time it is. <laughs> Sounds fun. I like it. I was just staring into the darkness, thinking about uh -huh. we're going to see a bachelor for the first time in a season of Bachelorette, knowing it's him when he steps out of the fucking limo. I know that. I mean, I don't know how it's going to affect shit. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, we'll probably see him get an edit as good as grocery store Joe. <laughs> Do you think there it's all going to be like no dialogue played on face? It's all just shit. He's re-recorded. They, they, they've written for him to make him sound yeah. like incredible. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> we never see words come out of his mouth. <laughs> it's like he opens his mouth to speak and right before a sound comes out, it just cuts to the back of his head and you see Michelle Young like nodding and smiling. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> There's just like a glow filter that's over the back of his head like he's an angel. Yeah. What will his Chiron say? Will it say the next Bachelor? Ooh. Will it say his job? No, I think it'll say his job. I think it'll say right. X NFL whatever right. tight end he's a medical salesman or something i think now yeah he was a tight end but it's also strange they haven't announced him officially everybody now not everybody but like anybody who's on the forums let's say <coughs> we all know who the fuck this guy is that he's the next bachelor but they're mm -hmm. not officially announcing it how long are they going to drag that shit out are we going to be well into Michelle Young's season? Are they going to wait until he gets kicked off that season to announce? I mean, if they haven't done it at this point, it makes me think they're waiting until he's kicked off. Yeah, that's right? strange. I suppose. But we've already seen videos of him saying on The Bachelor in his hometown and shit and the mayor like wishing him well on his journey. It just it makes no sense to hold it off for that long unless he gets eliminated relatively early. In which case, then it's also like they're kind of doing a Katie Thurston again. Somebody who doesn't get much screen time, they're going to give the crown to. I don't know if that works. We should do official predictions for when we think he's going home. I think it's fourth place. No shit. You think he makes it to hometowns? So we can see his family. God damn. I think it's way earlier than that. I think it's like seventh to tenth. Wowie. Yeah. Okay. I'll take under seven then. Okay. You take under seven, I'll take over. Okay. Great. Locked in. Game of Roses Predictions Official Prediction And that official bet rounds out this week in Bachelor Nation <laughs> News. Now we're going to move on to discussion of all of those beautiful plays that our players are doing off the field using those Facebook products that we all love so much. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Our 18th bachelor crown, Juan Pablo Galvez, hung out with his ring winner and ex-fiance, Nikki Farrell, and he posted a single image to his Instagram main grid of the pair. The caption reads, great seven years of catching up at Nikki Farrell, 
nerd face emoji. The post has 25.2K <laughs> likes, 280 comments, and it sparked news stories in Us Weekly and E! Online. That's a nerd face emoji? I never knew that. Isn't it? It's got glasses? Sure, sure. I think it's an accurate description. I just didn't know that was the name of it. But how would you describe it? Little glasses face, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> glasses face? It's got like a, there's like a toothy smile to it. Yeah, I think nerd face is good. Up next, parasocial <laughs> place. Demar Jackson posted a reel to Instagram asking his followers who they would have taken on a date. In it, he holds his date card and stands over a background of Lil John saying, choose someone to take on this date. Then he takes his hat off in front of a series of the female players, ultimately landing on Chelsea Vaughn. The video has 3.4K likes. I was one of them. I like this video very much. <laughs> I liked it too. I like the attention to detail. I like that he's just, you know, he's lifting all the women up. Speaking of women, he lifted up. Chelsea Vaughn posted her own Instagram main grid post this week, her Bachelor in Paradise intro video. She captioned it, me when I hear two guys are fighting over me on the beach. Crazy tongue out laughing face emoji. <laughs> the, vi <laughs> the video has 85.4K views and 11.6K likes. Good job, CV. And in one of the most interesting parasocial plays this week, influencer Danny Austin, who has 1.2 million Instagram followers, has started up another round of her Instagram series that she's calling Matchmaker, in which she sets up a bachelor-style game of dating attrition for her brother, and she's doing this once again. This series comes complete with high production value, music, voiceover, an entire cast of women ready to date Nashville native and aspiring musician Landon Austin. The most recent installment featured a guest appearance by Nashville ring winner himself, Jed Wyatt. He was the private musical performer on a one-on-one -on -one date during this Instagram story. Or it's an Instagram reel. Wowie. Each of these videos is garnering over 500,000 views as Austin develops a loyal audience for her version of The Bachelor only available on Instagram. We haven't tracked the gains of the players of this game, but we're left wondering by season five or 10 of this series, will Austin be able to usurp The Bachelor itself as the premier parasocial dating sport? Time will tell. And if her brother winds up with one of these players in a committed relationship, who then will she be doing the matchmaking for? I think she's going to find someone else because this is an incredibly popular series for her. She's going to do her own casting process. Yeah. I mean, she already does for the players for her brother. She'll then just have to find a new bachelor. Will it be hmm. somebody like Mike Johnson? Will it be somebody that the nation always wanted to be a bachelor and he never got the chance? Will it be someone in the pit? Apply. Might as well at this point. Ninth Sand. Jacenia Cruz made a very strong parasocial play this week. She posted a selfie of herself in front of a white, all-white background on her Instagram main grid. The caption reads, Here's where it all started. A selfie taken moments before my first interview for The Bachelor. I was jobless thanks to the pandemic. I went through a breakup that honestly crushed me, and I was a month shy from overcoming depression, the last thing I ever expected to go through. But I was open to whatever came my way. My experience on the show, however, was like a double-edged sword. I'm lucky to now have friends from all over that I consider family. This experience brought us together, and I'm grateful for the relationships we continued to nurture. I was able to explore romantic connections and learn to open my heart again. I feel grateful to the people online who have been supportive and kind. Most of all, I feel blessed to know that this experience has changed me in the best way. I was also subjected to a lot of hate. I knew what I was signing up for. Solution protocol. She didn't write that. But it never occurred to me that it meant I could be misunderstood and criticized, and much less did I ever expect to be attacked online for being a brown Latina. 
Some of that hate reeks with racial or sexist microaggressions. I can't be angry without being called vindictive. I can't cry without being called manipulative. I can't be emotional without being called dramatic. And there's no room for mistakes. Whatever I said or did or any way I reacted, any facial expression I, was, I made was broken down into the worst possible assumptions. And I have to admit that it was the hardest thing to accept. The truth is that you'll never really know us and you'll never know the whole story behind the moments of the drama that play out on screen. It's disheartening to see people set their opinions of me, which are oftentimes influenced by others. Some are much more direct with their hate. And I hope those people, including the ones who have been hateful towards fellow contestants, reflect on their behavior. I'm happy to finish this chapter. It's been fun and emotional, but it was an extraordinary experience and I'm ready for whatever's next. Heart emoji. I love this swan song exit post littered with praising the process, but also PTCs, some PTCs caused by the process. And this post has 24.4K likes and 458 comments. The part in it that she is talking about how her facial expressions were broken down and analyzed and critiqued by all the players, that really reminds me of professional sports, especially now we're at a point where a quarterback dropping back like the angle of his foot will be mm -hmm. overanalyzed by fans and sportscasters and whatever. And we're getting to a point mm. in our beloved game where every little thing a player does in game will be analyzed like this, just like a sport. Moving on to the next pair of social play, we're going to be talking about some cringe. The cringe <laughs> king is kinging. Bennett Andrew Jordan made a joint play this week with his paramour, Emily Chen. They both simultaneously posted videos of themselves dancing on top of a video of their partner. In Jordan's video, he dances on top of a video of Chen, who is herself dancing, and the caption reads, when your fantasy dream girl becomes a reality. Dancing lady emoji, dancing man emoji. Check out Emily Chen's yoga version and let me know which one you like better. Crazy, laughing, smiling face emoji. I personally prefer Chen's version. She booty drops in a bathrobe on top of a video of Jordan walking to camera shirtless. His video has 3.8K likes and 69 comments. We've known for a while now that, in my opinion, he's the unopposed cringe king. He is so powerful in the subgenre of cringe, he has now been able to not only conscript a partner in cringe, he has made this his romantic partner as well. Their relationship, at least from an outsider's perspective, is based on mutual cringe content. What a dream. I'm obsessed with this series of videos. As am I. <laughs> this shit has captured my attention in a way few things ever have. I am anxiously awaiting their next cringe. I also just like that he, he doesn't skirt around the fact he's trying to get her more followers. He's like, go follow her check out her video. Let us know. Yeah. Like, he's not like just tagging her in it subtly. Like, oh, I no. hope they'll, they'll follow her. Yeah. He's straight boosting. This is straight gameplay through and through. I love them as a couple. They are fucking perfect. I will watch everything they do. <laughs> Moving on. The third audience got into the parasocial game this week by issuing a direct challenge to Pace Case herself. <laughs> they posted an official ABC promotion photo of Michelle's season in which Michelle Young is standing in a gold dress next to and resting her hand on what? A decorative ladder. <laughs> I couldn't believe this shit. I, I have a scream that's related to this, but I will get to it later. But I had countless people send this to me, tag me in it, and I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like I'm a person who saw an alien and no one believes me. I believe you. <laughs> that uh, doesn't give me the level of comfort I think <laughs> you think it gives. 
Well, sorry. I'm just trying to support you. But I look, when I saw this fucking picture, aliens aside, when I saw this picture, I was like, look, I know it's crazy to say they're trolling us, but what the fuck? It's her and a ladder. There's nothing else in the picture. Why is she resting her hand on a fucking ladder? It it looks, there's no reason for the ladder to be in there. There's so many ladders. There's so many ladders in every scene of Bachelor in Paradise at this point. I'm like, they have quadrupled their ladders since Thurston's season. I don't know what is happening. Or they're just moving them around behind every scene. <laughs> well, we got another season coming up October 19th. If Michelle Young's season of Bachelorette is as filled with ladders as these most recent two have been, that po- I just can't, like the post we're talking about here is... It will be. I, I think it's trolling. I think they're trolling you. I, I literally think that. I don't know. We'll see if she's posing with a squirrel next. Well, speaking of trolling, you weren't the only person trolled. Connor the Catman B was a victim of producer trolling this week. He made a tweet regarding the latest episode of Paradise. And it read, okay, but I just realized they dead ass are playing my ukulele audio over this scene. Crying emoji, laughing, crying emoji. It's an acoustic ditty I wrote in quarantine and I was freaking out because I thought Dr. Joe wrote the exact same melody. Then I realized, hashtag Bachelor in Paradise, crab emoji, This tweet has 2.2K likes and 40 retweets, but it reveals a little bit of the producer's technique that they're just going to take audio from Connor the Catman B and play it directly over Joe Park. If that's an original song he created, I don't know what the songwriting rights issues are within the nation. I'm sure the contract they signed says anything you create within the show, we own 100% and can Mm -hmm. do whatever the fuck we want with. But technically speaking, he should be getting a little bit of money for that. Nothing we are watching in the document is real. Can Dr. Joe even play the ukulele? I don't know. (laughs) The real audio, maybe he's just like (laughs) playing random noises. It's horrible. (laughs) And then the producers probably told him to go do it because they knew they were going to put that audio under it. None of it is real, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what is real? An upcoming pre-baby. Jared Iaconetti posted a three-image Instagram post of his pre-baby with Ashley Iaconetti of their ultrasound images. The caption reads, 20-week ultrasound, our family, heart emoji. The post has 78.6K likes and 519 comments. Still no tag for this pre-baby. Maybe we have to find it on Instagram youth. (laughs) Maybe Facebook has teamed up with the Iaconettis and they're going to launch Instagram youth with the Iaconetti pre-baby. Mm-hmm. That'd be brilliant. I hope that happens. All of these were great plays, of course, but there can only be one winner. And this week, our winner for Parasocial Play of the Week was KT Thurston. The most recent crown made a TikTok and Instagram TV post video in which she lets her ring winner, the boner smith from the north, Blake Moyes, <laughs> do her makeup. The three-minute Instagram video has 59.7 thousand likes and 907,000 views, more than many network television shows at this point. Thurston is still proving why she's one of the best parasocial players of all time. I love this video. It was hilarious. It was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. He just keeps fucking up and like putting more makeup on her face to try and cover <laughs> up the fuck ups. And she's being such a good sport about it, just like laughing through the whole fucking thing. Ah, oh, goddamn. This really was one of the most entertaining videos, other than my personal favorite, of course, is Bennett, the Cringe King. Jordan, mm-hmm. but that's a whole different thing. This was not cringe. This was just straight funny. Hats off to Katie Thurston and Blake Moynes for this amazing parasocial work. And we have a parasocial error of the week. As of the time of this recording, 
37th Sand, Ed Wastebrot still has not produced the parasocial evidence of him being into face paint as a child. He's missing a massive opportunity here. He could have gotten huge engagement from that. Call your parents, Ed. Get that photo. Put it on Instagram. And this week, we are giving out an award for the parasocial creature of the week. It's a dual award given to two creatures who have gotten this award before and probably will get some mm. more of these awards in the future. We are talking about... Goat creatures. They are. They are not only goat creatures in their own right, but they are creatures of one of the goats. We are talking about Pino and Ramen, Caitlin Bristow's dogs. They chew up her brand new Givenchy slides, and in return, they got a spot on her Instagram stories being very bad dogs, but very cute at the same time, and it paid off parasocially. Congrats to Pino and Ramen. Hope to see you again in this category very soon. And that wraps up all of the parasocial plays from this week. Now it is time for Pace Case and I to cut our ropes and fall straight down. There is nothing to fear. You will never hit the ground. There is no ending here. Is this a little preview? Maybe. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now. Head to toe, dressed in quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me, who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. 
These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days, with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This is Screams from the Pit. My scream this week is I bought a bicycle. My new hobby, bought it from a friend. I'm still practicing. I'm not very good. But I went into my nearby town earlier this week, and I see a woman walking the sidewalk carrying a gigantic decorative ladder on her back. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I started to spiral out as one would. And then hours later... I see the same woman sitting, eating at a restaurant, and she still has the ladder there. Like, it's like her dog that she is bringing around town. And that combined with the Michelle Young promos, I just, I feel like I am fully losing it. The ladders are starting to follow me around. The pit is everywhere. I I need to buy a ladder, I think. I don't have one. But it could also be a thing that's like, you know... That phenomenon when you buy a red car, you see red cars everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. just become because yeah, you become sure. more aware of it, you know? Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could be that. Like if you would have mm-hmm. seen somebody carrying a ladder a year ago, you wouldn't have clocked it. You wouldn't have had that memory and been like, holy shit, there's another person with a ladder. I think now you're just hyper aware of it. But I'm not saying that exonerates mm-hmm. what is happening in Michelle Young's Instagram and shit. I do think that's active trolling of you. I don't know. Is it active trolling or are the the prop people just obsessed with ladders? They're the ones that put a million of them in Katie Thurston's season to begin with that started me down this ladder hole. That picture with Michelle Young. I'm sorry. It's her standing next to a ladder with her fucking hand on it. That's not a prop person for the show. That's their marketing department. This is if it is the prop people have obsessions with ladders. So does the marketing department. So does the publicity. Like mm. they're all in it together. You're right. It's a different department. 
They're in a ladder cult. I don't know. By the way, my other scream, which is probably more relevant, is that I realized I had sort of blocked this memory out, but I had a cavity filled by a Bachelor player many years ago. I think you mentioned this. I mentioned it on our Patreon Live. Right, right. It was Chris Strandberg who arrived in a Grandy that was a cupcake. Yeah, I remember that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I feel like that's a... Thank you. A brush with greatness. A piece of the game is in my mouth. Wow. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Jesus. My scream is not going to live up to that at all, but I'll do my best. Are you ready? No. I saw Kenny Brash's cock. <laughs> yeah. It's something I didn't really want to do. Why? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, as you know. Why? I run a Instagram account called Bachelor Clues where I make a bunch of memes that have to do with mm-hmm. our beloved game. And in this week's episode of Bachelor in Paradise, Kenny Brash and Mari Pepin got naked and they put tacos on each other and sour cream. And so I was going to make mm-hmm. a very wholesome fake Taco Bell ad for sour cream tacos that was going to have pictures of both of them naked and I was going to put sour cream on them, but naked mm-hmm. from the show. I was trying to find images from the show of them naked. So I just Googled <laughs> Kenny Brash naked and the first thing that pops up oh, is a God. picture of him completely naked with his dick right there, right there. And it wasn't the only picture. There are like 10 of these pictures in different positions uh-huh. where he's fully naked. You see his genitals front and center. And I have witnessed that now. I hadn't before. Like I had heard about these images before. So for me, I would personally not purposely Google that. Mm -hmm. Did you know about these images before? I knew he had done some nude modeling, but I assumed it was just like shots of his ass or something. I didn't literally think it was going to be like him standing there with his dick out. It's Mm -hmm. not porn per se, but he's definitely fully naked. I just wasn't uh-huh. prepared for it. Do you feel changed? Uh, you know, the strange part about it is it's not the first dick I've seen from Bachelor Nation. When Chad Johnson first started his Patreon <laughs> account, people sent us pictures. Not Patreon. Not Patreon. Or sorry. <laughs> his OnlyFans. <laughs> Let me not get that confused. When he started his OnlyFans, people were sending us pictures of him naked. And I was just yeah. like, I don't want this. I don't. Please stop sending me this shit. And I felt in some ways the same kind of violation that was like, I'm just looking for a picture of this guy naked to make my meme. I thought it was going to be from the show. I thought that would be the most common thing that popped up. Certainly, I didn't realize it was just going to be right there. Genitals right in your goddamn face. But now I've seen that. At least when you first said this, I was like, oh, no, someone sent it to you. At least this is something you did to yourself. I feel less bad. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's my fault, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just I wish there was some kind of a warning or something. You know, when you Google that and the picture pops up, I wish there was some like, if you click this next button, you're going to see this man's penis. I wish there was something that told me that there was nothing that told me that I just saw it. You want a safe space? Yeah, I do. But, you know, this is what I do in service of the pit. I made the meme and I used Mm -hmm. the picture. But the PG-13 version. Yeah, I blocked it out. Obviously, you can't put that on Instagram. I made it a little more classy. But that was my scream from the pit. I have now seen mm. two Bachelor Nation players' penises in full view. <laughs> and now we're going to move on to a third <laughs> scream from this pit. This scream, was, scream. <laughs> this scream was submitted 
through our Patreon accessible Discord channel where anybody can sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You get into our Discord, you can submit your screams, and we play the best ones here in Screams from the Pit during Twibbon. This one comes to us from someone named Mad Pro. Are you ready for this scream pace case? Let's hear it. Pace case includes, I found the literal bottom of the pit, I promise you. So it's about masturbation. All right, I'm going to be such a Katie and talk about whacking off really fast. But I never really knew what my ritual was with masturbating. Like, I don't know what to watch or what to listen to. Porn is just way too distracting and takes me out of it. Whatever. Then comes Justin Long on Nick Vow's podcast, and he starts saying all the right things. He's being hilarious. He's calling out GSJ's hypocrisy. He's pushing back on Nick's opinions. He's calling out the 4TRR lie. He's being an appropriate devil's advocate on behalf of Brennan and Piper, and it worked. It got me there. It was very sexy. And it turns out Bachelor Recaps that I agree with is my kink. It's just too disturbing to share it with anyone. I mean, even as a scream from the pit, I'm like, this is probably very weird for you guys because you're like, wow, are we next on this list? But yeah, so sorry. The pit provides. Ooh, we got a lot of sexy screams this week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, to each their own. Whatever works for you works for you. I wish you well in your pursuit to find more Bachelor recaps that you agree with, Mad Pro. Justin Long is interesting. I didn't hear him on that podcast, so I can't really comment. But we thank you for submitting this scream. You know, if anything, I I agree with you. The pit does provide. That's evidenced here. Mm -hmm. This has enhanced your life, it seems like. So I think at the very least, your time in the pit is a good thing. I think the only option here is you have to convince Justin Long to start his own Bachelor podcast. (laughs) How how is that done? How else are you going to get more content? (laughs) Excuse me, Justin Long. I heard you on Nick Bio's podcast and I just really liked what you had to say. Would you please do it every day? I really need you to recap the next Bachelorette season. I can't say why. (laughs) Yeah, it'll just personally help me out a lot. But thank you, Mad Pro. This is a fantastic scream from the pit. One of the most interesting, perhaps, that we've ever heard. Yeah. So thanks again for submitting it. And again, if anybody else wants to submit their screams to the pit, you can just go to patreon.com slash Game Roses, join our Discord, and hit that Screams from the Pit channel and <laughs> drop your scream in there. And hopefully we'll get some uh, some more that are similar to this, I guess. This was very funny. But that's it. That wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. Thank you, everyone, for listening to all of our screams, all those tids, all those parasocial plays, all those gains. That's state of the world. And thank you to everyone who has pre-ordered a book and continues to jump in on howtowinthebachelor.com where you can potentially win an autographed copy, a t-shirt, some Zoom time with us, or a very special mystery prize. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It has been 7,123 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend 
to listen to us and then 